Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, February 20th, 2019. You are listening to the Echoes of Dub 22. I want to welcome those that have been listening from day one and those that are continually listening and those that have just now started to follow me. You are in for a treat today. Um, Today, I wanted to talk about God's purposing us for three things. God purposing us for three things. And what made me uh, think about these three things is if you go to Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, it says from the NIV version, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So three things God God purposed us for. He purposed us so he could shape us, so he could gift you, and so he could call you. He purposed us for three things, so he could shape us, so he could gift you, and so he could call you. As you look at this verse, Ephesians 2 and 10, it says, God prepared in advance what he wanted to do. He already prepared in advance. So number one, God shaped you. And the only two things that, you know, God is going to be worried about at the end of your life, after it's all said and done, you have two places that you're going to go and live eternity, either in hell or in heaven. The first question that God is going to be wondering is, did you accept his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior? That's number one. Number two is, what did you do with what God gave you? What did you do with the gift that God gave you? Did you fulfill your purpose? He's not going to ask you, you know, what what religion are you? Were you Baptist? Were you Methodist? Were you Presbyterian? He's not going to ask you that. He's not going to ask you, who did you marry? He's not going to ask you that. He's going to ask you simply, did you accept my son as your Lord and Savior? And number two, what did you do with the gift that he has gifted you with? What did you do with what God gave you? Did you do anything at all? And so God purposed us to, so he could shape us. Because remember, he had already prepared in advance for what it is that he wanted us to do. He already knew the plans that he had for you while you were shaped in your in your mother's womb. Number two, he purposed us because he gifted you. Um, if you look at first Peter four, um, it's going to talk about how each of us have received a gift from God in serving others. So we must be faithful in using that gift for the glory of God. Again, God has shaped us. Number one, he's shaped us. Number two, God has gifted us. Number three, God has called you. And this is where I want to spend the bulk of my time today is uh, number three, when when God calls us. Um, So let's talk a little bit about marriage, for example. Marriage is a partnership to fulfill your calling. And let me repeat that again. Marriage is a partnership to fulfill your calling. If you look at Hebrews 3 and 1, it'll talk about how uh, it says, Brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. And so all marriage really is, is it's is partnership in God's calling. Um, 
if you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you're thinking about getting married and you don't see that you'll be able to f- be fully effective with the go- the gift that God has caused you to do, more than likely, yes, not more than likely, you definitely need to stay single. Because all marriage is, is this, it's, it's allowing you as a husband or a wife to fulfill the, f- the full purpose that God has caused you to do. It allows you basically to be, uh, whenever you get married, you are going to be sharing the same life purpose. That's what it, that's what all of it is, is. Really, you're linking up with another human being, man or woman, that um, is going to allow you to be perfect, perfectly and more impactful in uh, your calling. And I shouldn't use the word perfect because uh, we're nobody's perfect. But what uh, what did it allow you to do is to allow you to be matched perfectly with the person that would allow you to be more impactful and be more joyful. And when both of you are aligned and doing the same life purpose, then you can have an enormous impact on, on in life itself. When you have two different purposes, when two be two different human beings come together and they decide they want to get married, all that does is it creates more conflict, more tension, less joy. And so my my advice to you is if you're thinking about getting married for example you must ask yourself this question do we have the same purpose do you as the man have the same life purpose as the woman do you woman of god have the same life purpose as this man that you are um uh, are going to be following because if not the best thing for you to do is to stay single until you meet that person that has that similar or same life purpose so that you guys can work hand in hand and you can be fully effective with this number three purpose that God has given us, which again, number one, he shaped us. He's gifted us. Number two and number three, he's called us. So uh, if you look at a bad marriage versus being single, some people would say I'd rather be in a rather be in a uh, a relationship and married rather than be single. But if you think about a bad marriage, that's a thousand times worse than all of the downsides of being single the rest of your life. Because if you think about it, it's torture when you know your purpose and you are not fulfilling everything that you know you're you're supposed to be you're called to be doing. You're missing out on the mark. You don't want to make that mistake. So my advice to you, man or woman of God, if you are considering a mate and you know God has called you to do something great in your life, consider if that person has the same life purpose. Let me move over to three non-negotiables, three non-negotiables when you're thinking about getting married. First of all, you must have you must have spiritual unity. That's the number one thing. You guys have to believe in the same thing. The Bible talks about do not be uh, unequally yoked. You know, don't be yoked with unbelievers. You know, so um, if you if you believe one thing and that person believes the other thing, yes, you guys might love each other and you you might get along and everything, but you guys are not united spiritually. So that's a non-negotiable. Number two, you must have the... uh, 
you must have life's purpose co- compatibility. And that's what I was talking about just a minute ago. You have to have um, a purpose that's aligned with what your calling is in life. You guys have to have compatibility. If you have one purpose and she had another purpose and you guys are going in two different directions, that is not going to be a happy marriage and it might not, it might not last long. And if it does last long, it won't be a happy marriage. So number one, non-negotiable must be spiritually united. Number two, you must have life, life's purpose compatibility. And number three, non-negotiable, you must be both of you. Both of you must be emotionally healthy. Now, notice I didn't say emotionally perfect because nobody is perfect. Both individuals are going to have faults, hangups, failures. Both individuals are sinful and both individuals are also broken. But you will never find a and you will never find a perfect person. But what I'm talking about here is both of you must be emotionally healthy. Two imperfect people cannot make a perfect uh, relationship. So what I mean by emotional health is. First of all, you need to figure out where this person stands emotionally. What is their emotional health like? How do they handle situations? How are they dealing with things in their past? And so a person, before you marry them, uh, before going too far in that relationship, you need to understand where they stand on this. This is a very important thing. And I hope you guys are, you know, if you need to go back and rewind this, this is very important. If you are considering or you're engaged or you're thinking about getting engaged, you need to consider this person's emotional health. 80% of all divorces end because one or both per- both persons are emotionally unhealthy. And so, you know, all that means is these this that person or the both individuals are emotionally deficient or they're uh, emotionally immature. Here are some some uh, and I'm going to end this after I talk about this. But these are three uh, different things as far as like a partial checklist of emotional health factors. And this is not my opinion. These are actually biblical things. So if you look at Proverbs 22 and 24, for example, it says, do not make friends with someone who is easily angered. So number one, checklist emotional health factors to look for in a mate is Whoever I marry must have no uncontrolled anger. Whoever I marry must have no uncontrolled anger. And I know what you're saying. Some 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 ladies might be listening to this and might be like, well, I like the bad boys. I like somebody with a little bit of, you know, thug in them, you know, and then the guys might say, well, I like, you know, I like a woman to be, you know, street smart, but. You know, I like her to have a little bit of thug in her too, a little bit of gangster in her. You know, and that sounds all good and everything, but what happens if this person has uncontrolled anger? And the word of God tells us do not be uh associate with those individuals who have that because if they don't, it's like they're gonna take it out on you. They don't have anyone else to take it out on that anger. And all the un- all anger indicates is insecurity and low self worth. That's all that, that that means. You know, a hot-tempered man will eventually put his hands on a woman. So number two, these are emotional health factors from God. Uh, whenever you're checking, li- checking your list off on things to look for in a mate. 
Uh, whoever you marry must have no addictions. Whoever you marry must have no addictions. If you look at Proverbs 23 and 20, it says drink too much. Do not associate with people who drink too much uh, or stuff themselves with food. And so it talks about drinking and overeating. But there are so many other addictions that we can have. It could be drugs, pornography, video games, spending money, shopping. You know, uh, the list goes on and on. So a person who has addictions, you need to be mindful that uh, we all experience grace from God. But that doesn't give us the uh, liberty to just abuse it. We need to have uh, a control and self-discipline about ourselves. Number three, uh, must have no bitterness. You have to deal with whatever you're dealing with before you deal with another person. Let me repeat that again. If a person is bitter, let that person deal with whatever they're dealing with before they come and deal with you. In other other words, they must deal with resentment before dealing with you. Bitterness is like a poison that eats you alive. Whatever you resent, you begin to resemble. Whatever you resist, persist. Um, Stop resenting. Um, You've got to release it. Look at Hebrews 12 and 15. It says, Uh, Make sure you all have experienced the grace of God and bitterness does not take root and uh, it will allow you and cause you it will cause you much trouble. So bitterness will cause you more and more trouble, especially if it's just rooted up in you and it's just festering and it's growing. Some people say um, I'll never grow up and be my mom, be like my mom or I'll never grow up and be like my dad. But the truth is, um, whatever issues that they might have dealt with, whatever things that they didn't uh, actually conquer, it's it's in you. It's in you. <laughs> you you might not be exactly like your mom or dad, but you have characteristics that resemble them. Um, if you're looking at how a man treats his his parents, his mom, for example, does he respect his mom? Does he love his mom? Um, if not, he'll it'll be symbolic in how he treats you as a wife. The and then for the man, does the woman? Uh, how does the woman, uh, you know, treat their 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 parents, or how are they how are they acting with as their you know towards their family? And if they're not, if you're not marrying, if you consider like um, a person saying, "Well, I'm not marrying the man's wife. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not marrying the man's mother." Uh, well, you are not marrying the man's mother and you're not marrying the woman's dad or whatever, or woman's, uh, the woman's mom or however you want to look at it. Um, but you are, you are marrying their family. And what I mean by that is you're bringing whatever they were grown up on as their relationships, uh, grew up. As they grew up and everything, you're marrying a lot of habits. You're marrying a lot of rituals. You're marrying what they consider to be correct. And so these are some things that you just want to kind of consider as, you know, we're all called. We're all called. We're all purposed to do things in our life. You know, God has purposed us. He's purposed us because he shaped us. He's gifted us and he's called you. You guys are listening to the Echoes of Dub 22. Share this out with your friends, family, and colleagues. And I will talk to you on the other side 
of grace and mercy. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. Have your way in our lives today. In Jesus name. Amen.